All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, as you guys have already read the title, we're going to talk about Loki. So I'm going to try and keep, for the most part, some non-spoilery parts at first. Actually, you know what? Loki finished up last week. You guys, if you want, just come back and listen to it after. I will just say, and I'll I'll do this real quick. I will give it like a minute or two of just like me just basically talking about it. Loki's series more or less deals with the multiverse. That's kind of where Loki's series kind of is. And it's not really a spoiler or anything like that. It's just more or less that's what... It's going for dealing with the multiverse and seeing kind of what happens. You know, who is the character of Loki? Is he the same in every universe? Is he different? You know, is he really a good guy at heart? Or is he truly the god of mischief no matter what he does? You know, he really can never do anything good. He's always going to do something bad. And that's definitely something I got out of the series. Now, once I go into the more spoiler aspect of it, I'll talk a little more about the stuff that's brought up and everything like that. But for the most part, for people who are just looking, just kind of get like a general consensus of what's going on with the series, that that's the basic premise of it for everybody. And I think if you're a fan of Marvel, definitely check it out. It's among... Of the three, I think it is. It's similar to WandaVision, the way of it's a little slow at the beginning. And it can definitely be a little daunting with dealing with the slowness. But just like WandaVision at the end, it definitely picks up. And I think that's beneficial. Unlike Falcon the Winter Soldier, which I feel like was always just action packed. And I think the one thing that really benefited Loki was in comparison to WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is now Captain America and the Winter Soldier, they did less episodes. And I think that also was something that benefited them as well. Because six episodes to eight, they're able to have a more, you know, straightforward route to the story. And to me, that's something that needs to sometimes happen for certain stories and certain story types because not everything needs an 8 to 10 to 12 to, you know, 24 to 26 episode seasons or series, however you want to look at it. You know, Marvel's been really good about that, especially with, like, their more direct properties from, like, whether it's Netflix or Disney+. Plus. They learned from what happened with CW and what they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that... Doing all those episodes, it leads to a lot of filler. And when you have a lot of filler, people get bored. And then when people get bored, they complain about your show. And then you also, now you're not really giving people what they want. And I think that was something that they immediately addressed. And I feel like Loki doing what it did, it immediately addressed that issue. It was like, hey, we're not doing as many episodes. We're just going to do six. We have a more clear, concise story. And it just made more sense that way. Alright, so spoilers are going to happen in a couple seconds. So, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 
All right, let's begin. So if you've made it past this far, you've been warned. For spo- this is now the spoiler part. So Loki, in my opinion, did something very, very smart with the multiverse. Is you got to see the different Lokis. You got to figure out as the series went on. Because at first you're confused. You're like, well, why is he hunting himself? Which is explained pretty early on in the first episode. It's their variants. He works for the TVA. You know, that's what Mobius, Owen Wilson's character, is doing. He's working for the TVA. And he's there to really make, really to see if he can recruit our main MCU Loki into helping him out. And what he finds out is that this female Loki, Sylvie, is the one really and truly going around messing some stuff up because she found out the truth. And she breaks it to the main MCU Loki pretty quickly, if I think about episode two or three, and she's like, yeah, we're, the people that are in this, the TVA, they haven't been there for a long time. They're variants. You know, they they just get mind-washed from, or mind-wiped from another one and, tra- and turn into this. Turn into these time variants, and they go through different timelines, and they, you know, they're not really cleaning up, they're just erasing what had all the events and they're just pretty much just trying to keep one central timeline that's that's their game plan and it's taking away the free will of everybody so where different choices would cause different actions and different reactions very much the multiverse theory where if everyone just stays on one center line you know Leading up to Loki's death by Thanos and Loki living on to see his brother mourn him. Like, those things very much were standard in the timeline. Well, these other Lokis, they they change that. Because you find out that there's more than one Loki after Sylvie. They, they run to a lot more. And they very much see that each one did something different. Like, one Loki, he became president of the United States... One Loki's an alligator. Another Loki killed his brother. Then you have the more classic rendition of Loki from like the 60s who lived and did all that stuff, which to me, I'm very surprised they managed to make a more comic book accurate Loki costume and make it work. And no one was mad about it. But at the end of the day, I'm also glad that it was one that they did it just to prove, hey, we can do it. But it's meant for another time. And I think that worked out really well. At least for me personally, I think it worked out really well. They also, you know, dealt with a lot of things. You know, it was very, very interesting to see them really deal with the multiverse the way they did. And the fact that Loki and Sylvie, who ended up teaming up together, were the really became the main causes. Because they caused a Nexus event. Because... They end up falling in love for one another, which, to me, I thought that was a weird subplot. But looking at it in context of that, it would kind of jokingly make sense that Loki could ever only ever fall in love with himself. And they allude to a lot of things, like Loki's bisexual. They, they, they allude to a lot of things that I feel like really didn't need to be alluded to. You could have just left them at, at well... I, th- I think they did a good job, I should say. When I think about how they did it, 
They didn't outright say, oh, Loki's bisexual. They alluded to it, which to me I think was a smart thing to do for the character. Because I sometimes, and this is just my personal opinion, sometimes TV and networks, they get too hung up on trying to reach every audience, especially with TV shows. And I think it kind of takes away from good character developments from everybody. No matter what your you know sexual pre- preference is, it takes away that character development that you could have by just immediately just making that person that way. And then in a lot of ways, you can they don't really ever outgrow the part that you've written them as. You, know, you want something where they're blank slate. Yes, they are that way, but you want to give them that blank slate to develop, to be a representation. And that's something that I feel like with them, with Loki, they did a good job of doing in straightforward and that's kind of where i'm going to leave that part of the conversation on it is that's a totally different topic altogether in dealing with and understanding hollywood and what they're trying to present and all that stuff but to get back to it you have where sylvie and loki they they cause next event because they're about to kiss and then the tva finds them they bring them back you find out a little bit more about Sylvie's backstory. You find out that she is an altitude person. She was taken as a young girl. No one knows why she was taken. She was just taken. You know, they don't know they never really explained her her next event that made her get taken. And to me, that was something that I felt like I know they're gonna probably establish in season two, because they alluded to it season two at the end. But for me personally, I don't know if I fully believe that Sylvie's really a Loki. I'm wondering if, just based on everything else, I know technically Sylvie's supposed to technically be their Enchantress. That look, that Sylvie in that universe is supposed to be Enchantress, not really a Loki. But I feel like for all intents and purposes, I don't really feel like Sylvie really was a Loki because she never really went by the Loki title. She went by Sylvie. That was always her thing. So that's where I'm thinking, what if she killed their, her timeline's Loki, and that's why she got brought in? And that, that to me, made it more interesting. And it would make it very different for what they could do. Now, realistically, I think she's just going to stay a Loki. I think they're not going to try and mess with too much stuff at the end of the day, because trying to re-explain stuff and fix, you know, loopholes and stuff like that sometimes, especially for the Marvel shows, can really be daunting. At least, I shouldn't even say Marvel shows for any show. It can be definitely daunting. So, you find out a lot more after that. You find out when they people get zapped away by these nightstick kind of things that TVA use, they go to this... Pretty much just being destroyed dimension by by more or less a void. I think they called it Eliath, I think was its name. To me, when I saw it at first, I was like, dude, there's no way they're doing the void. Like, the legit void from the century. Because that, that's nuts. Like, that legit puts it out there. Because when they looked at it, that's kind of what it look like to me and I definitely I could see them really doing that if they wanted to 
Because, I mean, seeing how it was done and what they were able to do, like, it's, that's very interesting. At least to me. And as they are going through everything, you also, before, before Sylvie and, before Loki gets sent to that realm and Sylvie ends up taking herself out, Mobius tries to stop the one of the head people who's been trying to get to... Though he who knows. The one that's been really running the show. And she takes him, takes out Mobius due to the fact that he knows that they're all variants. She's known it. She just doesn't want to admit it. Then you have this little machine thing. I think it's, uh, it's time or something like that. I'm trying to remember what it's called off the top of my head. Because it's finished it, but I... For whatever reason, I always forget her name. Let me look it up. Because it was voiced by Tara Strong, who's done Harley Quinn, Raven, all that fun stuff. It's just a lot of different things. Let's see if we can find it. There you are. Come on. Arab found Tara Strong. Let's bring... So... That little machine, or the little 3D creation computer, whatever, knows a lot more than it wants to admit. That That's the truth on that one. And definitely makes it more interesting to see how it's handled and... How much knowledge that thing really has and what it really does. So to me, I think that that made one more thing pretty interesting for the series. Uh, let's keep going. Trying to find it while I'm looking for it. Miss Minutes was its name. You find out after Loki and Sylvie managed to enchant the... Levi or Eliath, that it's pretty much just something housing the he who knows, who is the main guy who runs the TVA. He is the guy behind everything. You know, he's the guy that's trying to control the multiverse, the t- main timeline, make sure nothing else goes crazy, because he's from the 31st century. And his idea is, if I keep everything centralized, none of my other variants can mess with things. And that's his thought process. The problem is, he's gotten old. And in his old age, he's realizing, he's thinking to himself, did I do the right thing? Or should I go and let the next one, the next me, come forth? Now, he never says exactly who he is. Because they want, Marvel wants to be ambiguous. Now, for fans of this, and I'm sure people probably looked it up because everyone went insane. Jonathan Major's character, he's done, who he's from Lovecraft Country. He is playing Kang the Conqueror. Now, Kang the Conqueror is from the 31st century. He is a man, he's a mad scientist who goes through time, very wildly powerful. You know, he he realistically could take out Thanos without really thinking too hard about it. He is that powerful. And 
It's only due to his power hungriness that he does it. That he's willing to do that. Now, the Kang the Conqueror we meet at the end of Loki is Immortus. He's on more the good side. He likes control, likes balance, everything like that. But again, he's thought about long and hard about what should be done. What should be, you know, did he do the right things at the end of the day? And that's kind of in his mind. He knows he did, but he only knew to a certain point. So when Sylvie and Loki finally confront him, they're listening to him talk. And they don't want to believe he knows everything. That he's taken away their free will. Everything like that. And that's really the main argument they're bringing up is, he took away their free will. He's the only one who's ever had it. Everybody else, including the TVA, have only been forced to live under his rule. And that really is something that Sylvie does not like at all. Because she wanted something different. Same thing with the Loki from... With Lo the Loki that came from Endgame, who got the Tesseract and then got himself taken. He wants something he did something different for himself. And we're gonna start and he who knows aka Amortis, he said, I knew all this stuff was gonna happen. Like I literally gave you guys the Elbic Road to get to me. You guys think you guys knew what you were doing, everything like that. He's like, no, you guys literally, I gave you guys the welcome mat to come in. You guys think I just, what, think you guys just got in here by chance? Like, no. I let you guys come in. I let all this stuff happen. I knew it had to happen. And literally, it just doesn't sit well with them. And he gives them two options. He's like, you can either kill me, and my next variant comes in. And he changes everything. Or you kill me and you take my spot. Or you don't really kill me, but you just take my spot. And you guys rule this multiverse. And Sylvie and Loki, they, they go at it. And traits that had gone throughout the series where Sylvie can't trust Loki. Because she can't trust anybody. And Loki... Being who he is, he cannot be trusted. That becomes more apparent through it, and it finally comes to a head at the end. Where even if Sylvie and Loki really might have liked each other, they could never truly be with one another because they she can't trust him and he can't be trusted. So they go and fight, and then she ends up just... Sylvie ends up getting the better Loki and teleports away to the TVA. And then she kills off he who knows, a.k.a. Amortis. And when Loki wakes up and walks out, he sees things that change. It's no longer three timekeepers. You just see Kang the Conqueror. The end with the statue, as a statue. You're seeing where life has changed. Because of what Sylvie did, because of what Loki did at the end of the day, he has made things worse. Now, the thing Loki tried to stop, because Sylvie didn't want to stop, is now something that 
he's going to have to deal with. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that's going to play out in the future. And that catches you guys all up on Loki. Now, they did have a couple small things. Like, you find out that Mobius really didn't hate the Loki we all know. From, we all know. He actually grew to appreciate him because he understood he was a good guy at his heart. He just liked to be mischievous. That was his thing. You know, he tried. But it was just being his brother's shadow, knowing he was adopted, all these things, it made him feel a certain way. He wanted attention. You know, you also see the different lives that Loki's lived, and it, they do some pretty funny things with that. Then when you get to meet the Lokis, I think the best one I think for everybody really loved was the more classic rendition of Loki, which was done by Richard E. Grant. And he really showed how powerful the Lokis could be. Lokis have a lot of power, but they had to believe in themselves to truly show it. And, I mean, the, the older Loki, he starts showing off abilities that not a lot of the other ones have. You know, the full extent of what he can truly do. He's creating buildings to, to distract Goliath. All these things. He's doing a lot of work. And he showed just how powerful the Lokis could be, which makes it more interesting. And to me, at the end of the day, getting all that detail, it just sets up for a lot of things. You can do more, you can do secret wars where you have multiple timelines, everyone meets up, and you have a bunch of different versions of each character and they battle it out. You've got a lot of different things they can do. It is nice that they're dealing with Kang the Conqueror, which means with Kang the Conqueror being the next big bad, it's going to be more interesting to see if the Avengers beat Kang, does that cause a multiversal effect and does that cause secret wars and go from there? Now that to me is going to be very, very interesting to see what Marvel's going to do with that. And that's kind of where, at least for me, I feel like they're going to go. Because we know Kang the Conqueror is going to be the next big bad villain. And we know being, you know, Marvel fans and everything like that. You know they have to set up the next big thing. And Secret Wars, if I think they're going to go based off of the Jonathan Hickman version, it's going to make it very interesting. Now... With that being said, they do have another or do have another Disney Plus series coming out next month. It starts in August, the What If series. And they've got a lot of different interesting things that are going to go on with that. And we'll talk about that on another podcast to just put that out there. But hopefully you guys enjoy this. Hopefully, you know, it, I answered some of your questions throughout a couple of my own theories and kind of just did throughout some stuff that. I feel like I wanted to talk about within this, within Loki in itself. So thank you guys for listening. As always, you guys can find me on Anchor, Spotify, you know, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, as well as you guys can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Comics Amino, and email at NerdStuffWithIn2.0. And with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Later.